Welcome to the European Parliamentary Research Service podcasts. In this podcast, we'll give you an overview of the most serious risks facing the EU, from health and security ones to climate change, energy and economic risks. And we'll show you how their interconnectedness strengthens the case for more cross-sectoral strategies and strategic foresight. Stay with us. The most serious risks are both complex and complicated. Multiple risks can also arise together. And there are very recent examples of risks that became reality, such as Russia's war on Ukraine and the COVID-19 pandemic, which had a combined impact on our society, economy and political life. Truth is, risks don't come in the singular form. They're interconnected and interdependent. They can trigger or amplify each other. Let's give you an example. An increase in extreme weather events can include extreme cold snaps, which raise demand for heating, leading to spikes in energy prices, which can hamper economic recovery and create political tensions. Combined with economic troubles, this can trigger greater social polarization and, in extreme cases, even lead to the failure of a Western democracy, which would create international tension and could well damage the global efforts to mitigate climate change. But let's go step by step and begin with a quick overview of the main categories of risks facing the EU. The Russian invasion of Ukraine turned well-identified political and security risks into reality. It has raised geopolitical tensions to a degree unseen since Cold War times and is creating new spheres of influence with the EU and the US on one side and Russia and China on the other. In this context, the risk of deteriorating relations between the EU and China cannot be neglected and could have a widespread impact on Europe's economy and the green transition. The World Economic Forum also mentions migration and the risk of greater pressure at the EU's borders as something to be considered. And democratic backsliding has been included in the Commission's latest foresight report, as are changes in the global order. When it comes to societal risks, it's impossible not to stress the profound impact the pandemic has had on our lives. Health pressures, job losses, increasing inequalities and discontent. In this context, the risk of societal fragmentation and civil unrest is a very real one. And this could lead to further political instability and democratic backlash, which could further compromise our ability to respond to other challenges, such as climate change, and further fuel organised crime groups, who've been very quick at exploiting the new opportunities offered by the pandemic. Actually, cyber attacks have been on the rise since the start of the pandemic and will continue to pose a serious risk for European citizens. Global ransomware, attacks on energy infrastructure, supply chains and failure of the cloud have been identified as the most pressing risks for businesses in the years to come. Other technological risks include the collapse of the internet, which is increasingly centralised, and the risk of algorithms destabilising democratic political debate, as we've seen with recent disinformation campaigns about vaccines. But let's now turn to economic risks. Several reports point at the failure of post-pandemic recovery as a major risk for the future. This relates to the risk of failure to keep on financing public services and increasing debt levels. But there's more. Let's hear Eamon Noonan from the European Parliamentary Research Service. Higher energy prices can create a cascade of problems, 
such as financial stress for families that struggle to meet higher heating costs. Higher costs for business can lead to price rises, which can contribute to inflation. Industries which are energy intensive, such as steel, are especially hit. And if steel production is disrupted, this affects global supply chains. One risk can lead to another. There are interdependencies. And there are also environmental risks. In Europe, climate change is seen as the greatest challenge for the coming years, and the physical risks it poses are a top concern for citizens and experts alike. Extreme weather events, wildfires, floods and droughts will become more frequent, while rising sea levels will threaten both human livelihoods and ecological systems. There's no doubt climate change will have severe consequences for citizens, the environment, food and water security and development. And attention to the risks to human health from global warming has been raised by the world-leading medical journal, The Lancet. Now, these are well-known risks, but there's other somewhat forgotten risks that Russia's invasion of Ukraine has brought into sharp focus again. One of these is the escalation towards nuclear war. Another is global food insecurity, due to the loss of Ukraine's grain exports and the global fertilizers crises. But there's also loss of fresh water, failed states and the proliferation of weapons of mass destruction, currency shocks and Chinese destabilization, to mention just a few. So, how can the EU best address all these present and future challenges? Well, just as the risks are interconnected, so must the responses be. Eamon Noonan from the EPRS tells us more about it. Getting through the pandemic involved acting across several sectors. Lockdowns were brought in to protect public health, and that created a need to support businesses that suddenly lost their sources of income. Now, dealing with Russia's war in Ukraine calls for action across several sectors, from humanitarian assistance to defence capabilities to economic support. The more serious challenges we face cannot be solved by action in only one domain. You have to be able to act in several domains at the same time. A second lesson is that effective governance needs holistic and strategic analytical capacity. So risk monitoring should be conducted as part of a broader effort to develop strategic foresight and anticipatory governance. And we should not forget that threats faced by the EU are also faced by several other countries. And while there is a surplus of multilateral problems, there's still a deficit of multilateral solutions. So, stronger international cooperation, in particular between the EU and international organisations, could help remedy this. Risks can also pave the way for opportunities if there is the courage to seek new horizons. That's true. What's clear is that the EU is much stronger when it acts together with its member states. And the COVID-19 pandemic is a powerful example of this. Thanks to their increased cooperation, member states ensured the continued flow of essential goods across borders and avoided a collapse of their healthcare systems. In pulling together financial resources and research efforts, they also managed to develop vaccines in record time and make them available to all. So here's one lesson for the future. Improved coordination and cooperation at both European and national levels can help us deal more effectively with future challenges. Want to know more? Check out Eamon Noonan's full policy brief on the EPRS website or in our app. This is a European Parliamentary Research Service podcast. Thanks for listening.